Hey guys, hope you're having a great week and you had a great weekend. Today's episode is another incredible guest. I have an amazing conversation about feelings, shadow work, doing the inner work, what that looks like, what we're kind of going through as a collective with that right now, really getting deep into our feelings. I get really into it with Brenna from Real Talk and we had such an epic conversation I hope you guys enjoy this. I found it really inspiring, but also like really real and like deep and needed. And I feel truly in my heart and soul as we go through these times more and more that these types of conversations are really needed. So I hope they're giving you all the feels and bringing some clarity and maybe some light and some even nudges um, and winks from, you know, God in the universe, uh, potentially telling you to do the work. I know I've had to do the work over and over and over again. It's a continuous journey. I loved what Brenna shared. I love her mission and what she's doing with her whole situation. And I think you guys are going to love this episode. So as always, please make sure you're subscribed to Everything with Allie Levine, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to mine. Tag a friend if you take a screenshot of this episode and you love it. Tag a friend on social so they can find it too. Tag everything with Allie Levine and Allie Levine Design so we can share the love. We love sharing your screenshots, so please keep screenshotting. And if you haven't already, leave a five-star review. I am going for my goal of 500 reviews. Let's make it happen, guys. You're amazing. I love reading them. Let me see if there's a new one for this week. Um, real uh, <laughs> real uh, recording life. going to go to my podcast app while I'm saying this and um by the way guys I just hope you're doing well I've gotten some really um heavy dms lately I know the world's heavy especially for those that are like really awake to it and aware I feel you I'm holding space for you I'm sending you so much love and please feel free to reach out whenever you just like need to talk I'm there for you guys I love this community I'm really excited to share soon what I've got going on and some new things that are happening. I just can't share just yet, but it's coming. So stay tuned for that. Hope you guys got to check out the rebrand of my website. If you haven't, make sure you go to elevin.com, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. I really love it and feel it really expresses everything I'm working on now. So I'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, Okay, let's see. Okay, here's one. Allie is such a beautiful conversationalist. Each episode makes you feel like you're hanging out with old friends while also having the most profound discussions about life. This podcast is fun, refreshing, value-packed, humorous, authentic, interesting, inspirational, and full of wisdom. 500 stars. Would recommend to anyone. Lydia Marie B. Thank you so much. That's so kind. Seriously, I don't know about um, inspirational, but authentic and uh, for sure um, humorous hopefully refreshing and always fun. So thank you guys. Really, they mean so much. I'm going for my goal of 500. So let's make it happen. Anyways, hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Don't forget the podcast has moved to Wednesday drops. So every Wednesday, look for a new episode. And here's Brenna. Talk to you guys soon. This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. 
Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Ali Levine. Guys, I have such an incredible guest with me today. I know I always say that, but this is a guest who I truly have been lit up by. I love what she shares. I've you know, met her and connect with her on good old Instagram. There are some positives to social media, I have to say. I've met some really incredible people that I've gotten to like actually connect with IRL and have on my podcast and you know become friends. And this woman and I have been speaking for quite some time. We've been waiting for the universe for Make It Align. I'm so excited. We're doing a swap with each other's podcast. I have the fabulous... Brenna Guinan, and I want to tell you guys a little bit about her before I bring her on. So Brenna is an independent, outgoing, and ambitious individual for as long as she or anyone who knows her (laughs) can remember. Born and raised on Long Island, New York, she has always had a go-getter attitude and is not afraid to take risks to go after her dreams. After receiving her undergraduate degree in psychology, she was unsure what she wanted to do. Through a friend, she heard about a program at Hofstra University for rehabilitation and mental health counseling. Once she met with the program director, she was sold. She completed the program in 2020 and currently works in a private practice doing mental health counseling. Brenna, welcome to my show. Thank you so much. I am so happy that we finally, our schedules aligned. We have been trying so hard to do this and I am so pumped. I'm so pumped. It like finally aligned. It's like, it's funny, right? Like you're like, when you're in it, you're like, oh my gosh, this just needs to happen. But it was like perfect alignment. Like it just worked out. We were able to flex and flow. And I know it's just going to be that much more of the weight. And like, guys, for those that don't know Brenna, like she, what I love about her, her, not only her story, but like her social, her podcast, what she does. And you guys know me, I'm all about real and raw here. She really puts it out there real and raw, but on a really like attainable level to like understand and consume and also like wants to uplift you in the process too, and not have it just be like real and raw stripped down to just complete vulnerability. And then you're like, Oh, what do I do with these feelings? Like she really, you know, now her being her, you know, life's work really helps you work through that. And that's why I was so excited to get to connect with her and have her. So Brenna, I know I shared a little bit on your bio, but I would love for you to tell a little bit about your story, kind of how that played out after that program, what led you into what you're doing now and how it kind of like you know, launched you into this because you're doing so much, especially in the social space with like real fucking talk and everything. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So why don't you tell a little bit more to my audience? Yeah. So it's actually really funny. Um, Like you said, I went to Hofstra University for rehabilitation and mental health counseling, but I actually only enlisted in Hofstra for rehabilitation counseling. And one of the first things I said on my interview was like, I never want to be the person that sits in a room and says, how are you feeling? What brings you in today? I was like, that is not me. Absolutely (laughs) not. And for rehab counseling. So for people who don't know, rehab counseling is essentially being an expert in all types of disabilities. So it's just helping live a, it's helping a disabled person live a more independent life in whatever way that looks like for them. Um, so in order to be in the rehab counseling program, since it is a type of counseling, everyone has to take an intro to counseling course. And I took it and like four classes in, so probably about a month in, the professor pulled me aside and he was like, you were meant to do this. And I was like, no, I'm I'm not doing it. And he was like, no, you really need to be in the mental health counseling program. And I was like, thanks, but like, I'm not doing that. Um, and I kind of talked about it with friends and family and they were like, you might as well just do it. Like you're already in school. How much of a pain would it be to end up 
you know, loving this and having to go back to school later on. So I looked into it. It was only an extra semester. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. I ended up interning at the practice that I work at. I absolutely love it. Um, it's definitely been a challenge this last year and a half now, almost with like COVID and teletherapy and all that. But, um, you know, like we have been trying so hard to plan this episode. And I think something that we've all learned throughout the last year and a half is to be flexible. Things happen, things come up and it's okay. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about me, like on a personal level, I love a good glass of wine. Um, I love hanging out with friends. I have a boyfriend of seven years who I'm like waiting to propose to me, Pat, if you're listening, (laughs) if you're listening, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, (laughs) wink, wink. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I know you hint at it every day. Um, but yeah, something that I'm really passionate about is just making therapists and therapy in general, more relatable. So, you know, therapists are humans, you know, just because they're quote unquote professional, they're still normal people. Totally. And I love, you know, I have to say to that, I love that you shared, like, you know, you want to people to walk in and be like, okay, it's not, how are you feeling? Why don't you share what's on your mind? Because I went through that in therapy when I was a kid. I remember having that immediate disconnect. Like I didn't even want to talk to them. I didn't want to open up at all. I literally was just like, okay, so I have to do 20 minutes and I'm out. Like you just look at the clock and you wait for it to count down and you get out. And did I do what I needed to do to like supposedly make it happen? Great. But nothing actually gets fixed, right? Nothing actually breaks through. There's no actual conversation and that's what I love when I was watching all your stuff on social especially like how you really have people like just be vulnerable and who they are and know that like not only is it so healthy but it's so necessary and I think society unfortunately has kind of taught us for a long time to not release our emotions not to allow ourselves to be in our feelings to kind of push everything under the rug or think about the other person and not necessarily handle ourselves and put ourselves last and I think if there's anything I've learned and I feel like everyone at least who's been very conscious of this time you know of COVID of you know everything that's changed in our lives so much going remote like you said the flexibility but also the fact that like, hey, we all have big emotions. There's a lot going on and we're starting to honor them, whether we like it or not. And we're having to face them and we're having to see them and they're not fun. (laughs) And, you know, I think people who are willing to go there are starting to see transformations in their lives and are starting to see evolvements and changes and shifts. And I think, you know, you're a huge pioneer for the front of that. Well, thank you. That's like what I'm trying to do. But what's so interesting, I was just having this conversation with a podcast guest of mine yesterday, but what I'm finding is that, and I heard you just say, you know, when I was in therapy, I didn't want it to be like, whatever. I'm finding that there's real generational differences. Like people in our generation, I would say anyone below the age of like 40, they want the relatable. They want to feel connected to their therapist. They want there to be self-disclosure. They want to feel like their therapist is human. Where from my experience, I found that people who are older really don't want that. They want that professionalism. They want there to be firm boundaries and almost the one size fits all approach. And, you know, yeah. So it's interesting. You know what's interesting about that? You bring up about that. I had this conversation with my friend the other day and I feel like on a much bigger level, it's kind of what we're going through in a shift in like this evolution of like what's changing with our world. Mm. Because again, going back to society, right? There's been all these systems, all these programs put in place for a very long time that we've all followed, whether they were right or wrong, of do this, do that. 
this is what makes you, you know, this, this is how you have to function in society. This is what you have to do to be here. This is the accolade. The list goes on. Yeah. I think we're all starting to break out of that and see that's not necessarily true. I don't have to work 24 seven and kill myself to actually be successful. I don't, I, I can actually be happier if I figure out how to be intentional in my time and spend more time doing the things I love. I can actually, you know, space my day out as long as I'm intentional about what I'm doing and get things done. I don't have to be on this rat race. And to your point of what you just said with that kind of older generation, to me, in my opinion, it's almost like because those systems have always been their foundation. It's like, don't rock it. Don't shake it. If it ain't broke, like don't fix it. Like Mm -hmm. just leave it alone. Even if maybe in my opinion, that's not the best way even for them to approach it. And they should allow themselves to be more vulnerable, but it's very interesting across the board. I've seen that too, where like, even on social media and like, I'll share different things and people will DM me that are of that, you know, generation will say, well, why would you question that? Or why this? And I'm like, but why wouldn't you? Like my brain goes the complete opposite. Why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you want to healthily question? Because then you're being more open-minded, you're critically thinking. And to them, what you were saying, like that professionalism and expertise, like, no, you're the quote unquote expert, you know, better, even if you don't, no offense. Yeah. And And it's like, oh, but just tell me anyways, just tell me what to do. And I believe this is really what we are breaking out. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you just said, like, even if you don't know best, because I say all the time to every client, like you are the expert of your life, not me. I do not live your life. Yes, I do know a lot about your life, but there are things that we all think and we all do that we don't tell anyone. And that's not a bad thing. It's not wrong. It's just life. That's how it is to be a human. And (laughs) I actually just on Saturday had a client at the end of session, just be like, can you just tell me what to do? And I was like, I don't know what you should do. You know what you should do. So you have to do what's best for you. And she was like, but what would you do? And then it's like, well, what difference would it make for you? You know, my life is very different. And if I was in your position, I imagine I would feel differently because I have different people. So it's, you know, yeah, your therapist is there to help guide you. But at the end of the day, you know, what's best for you, not your therapist, not your doctor, not anyone you do. Yeah. And I love you for saying that. And I love that you like kind of pushed it back on them. And you're like, I can't tell you what to do as much as you're paying. And I'm like, your therapist, like, I can't, I, I need you to tell me what you need to do. And I really believe like, this is the involvement we're seeing on so many levels in our society. It's going to continue to shift things and make things rockier, make things even more like scary for people, because we're literally crashing these paradigms of like, tell me what to do to like, no, you need to do yourself and you need to figure out how to up-level yourself. So that being said, you know, this is, like I said, I feel like you're on the pioneering of this with therapy. Like what is your approach? What would you say to someone listening? Who's like, okay, well, how do I even start to like know myself? How do I even start to like, you know, strip away these layers and start to get into like who I am and then, you know, get that right therapist to do this work. Like, what would you share? Yeah. So for anyone who's looking to do that, I feel like there was two kind of sides to that question. So the first side of like self-discovery and self-exploration I would for sure, for me, what works best is journaling, you know, write down your thoughts, start to acknowledge your thoughts. Like I said before, we think a lot of things every day and a lot of them, we don't even acknowledge that we're thinking, you know, really get in your head and be like, wow, I just thought that, wow, I just had this idea, write it down, get to know yourself better, get to know the way that your brain works. But For someone who is looking for a therapist, I say all the time, you need to therapy shop. Therapy is not a one size fits all. Do not call and just book the first therapist you got because they had an opening. 
most therapists, I have actually never met a therapist that doesn't do like a 15 minute free phone consultation. Use that. Ask the therapist, you know, what kind of therapy they use. What, you know, what, what experience do you have with anxiety? That's what I'm really struggling with. You are the boss in therapy. Ask your therapist these questions. You know, you deserve to know the answers. Um, so I think that that's really important to talk to different people and see who you vibe with most, because at the end of the day, therapists go to school for this stuff. But if you don't feel that connection with your therapist, you're really not going to make the progress that you're looking for. Yeah, so true. And I love what you said about that, about shopping and also really honoring, like, what's that fit? It's just like dating, right? It's like, how does this, it's almost even more important than dating because it's really the relationship of yourself that you're working mm-hmm. on. So it's like, how do they mesh with you? How does it work? How does it align? And, and if it doesn't feel right, like most likely it's not the right person, keep moving on, you know, and keep finding the right person. And I also love that you spoke to the thoughts that we have as well as the journaling, because, you know, I think that was something I really learned heavily with my postpartum depression was like, I knew some of the thoughts I had, but I wasn't aware of all the thoughts, mm. good, bad, indifferent, everything. And when you start really journaling that out, in my opinion, in my experience, not only is it so good just to release, but like you said, it really makes you conscious of like, holy shit, these are my thoughts. Like mm-hmm. this is in front of me on paper. There's no questioning. Like they, here they are like, and now you have to deal with them. Yep. I struggle personally with anxiety. Like I have generalized anxiety disorder. And what I do when I'm feeling anxious is write down every worry I'm having, every thought I'm having. And it really is actually quite entertaining to look back at it the next day, or even a couple hours later when you're feeling less anxious and being like, holy shit, I really thought those things. Like I really, really thought that, but it almost makes it easier going forward because it's like, this is another thought I'm having. It's just a thought. Like, I don't need to give it any light. I can acknowledge it and it will pass. You know, it's not staying with me forever. It's not something permanent. It's just a thought. Right. Well, and I think that's another really great point is like, it's just a thought, like it will pass. It will go through if you allow it and don't hold on to it and let it consume you and actually just let it transmute and go through because you've acknowledged it and you've seen it. And too, I know we've talked about this on, you know, social when we first connected, like there's so many thoughts that are also not even ours. Like I think Mm -hmm. I forget the exact number, but there's like a massive amount of like, you know, I think it's like almost like a million of thoughts that aren't yours that you pick up from TV, news, social media, other people, family, friends, whatever it may be that come into your conscious. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, was I feeling that way? Oh, was I thinking that way? And it's like, no, but it all came in from the subconscious. And now you think they're yours. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. That's so true. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I did that a lot too. And I didn't even realize like I would be doing like stuff from social and I'm like, wait, was that even my thought? Like, did I really own that? Or did I just pick that up and like plant that in my mind? And now I'm trying to make it mine, understand it. It's like, oh no, it wasn't even mine in the first place. Like drop it, let it go, you know? Yeah, I think what you're speaking to about almost like the pressure, one of the pressures of social media is that like, especially right now, like we're seeing a lot of people post about current events that are happening. And then it's almost like, well, okay, I have X amount of followers. Do I have a responsibility to post about whatever it is? Like it could be something here, something in another country, something personal, something not personal. And it almost feels like that struggle of like, what is my responsibility and what is not? And how do I know where that line is? Yeah. And I agree with that. And, you know, it's interesting. I've had a lot of people like come to me and they're like, you used to just post like such happy stuff. And now you post like so much stuff. And I'm like, look, 
my heart, like how I align, I feel that I'm doing a disservice to humanity by not speaking up on certain things and not sharing. It doesn't mean I have to share every single thing because mm-hmm. I don't have the time or the, the energy to share every single thing and research everything. But the things that I feel called to share, things I truly feel resonate with my heart and I know I'm feeling for a reason, I do feel called to share. Do I like making things heavy all the time in my social? No, I don't. I prefer to be in fluff and everything else. But again, going back to this conversation where we started, that realness, that vulnerability, being vulnerable with yourself, that also comes with social media. You're Mm -hmm. choosing to be vulnerable and share on there. And if you're really, in my opinion, choosing, especially in the space that like we're in, to really be vulnerable with yourself, but also be vulnerable with the community, you have to go with what comes up to be vulnerable, not just what you feel is like, oh, this is happy and I should share it. Right. Or like, oh, this is going on. I should share it. I feel like what you were just saying before. I just had the thought in my head and now it went away. I know how that goes. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Oh, once you start posting about something, then people almost feel like you have to keep posting about every single thing that happens. And it's like, guys, if I was going to post about every single thing that's happening in the world at every single moment, I would never be able to sleep because something right. new and traumatic within this last few years is happening literally every second. Right, so right. it's like you post about one thing and you think you're doing a, a good service to others, but then you get feedback of like, well, you didn't post about this. And it's like, okay, well, I can't win. So. And we can't, right. I think that's a really good message. Like that when it comes to social media, like just like in everyday life, you're not going to be liked by everyone. You're not going to be, you're not going to resonate with everyone. And that's okay. And this is another issue I honestly have running with society is like, I feel like as much as like we talk about quote unquote coming together and being there for each other. And in my opinion, I I know I get shit on this all the time, but I'm going to say it anyways. In my opinion, it's bullshit because we constantly say that but we don't walk the walk and do that. We constantly push the divide. Doesn't matter what side of things you're on, what aisle, constant divide, perpetuating it with this, that, and the other thing, what you were just speaking to, you know, you don't speak to this, you don't do this, this doesn't happen. And it's like, how about we just let people have their own truths and we have more compassion for around that, whether you agree with it or not. And how about we start to learn maybe why someone is sharing that because maybe there is something vulnerable to their truth. And, you know, maybe there's something you don't know about it. And so maybe we can learn. And then same thing goes for the other person who's, you know, sharing it. And, you know, I had someone DM me the other day that was like, you know, there's some things that you post and I'm like, wow, I love her, but I wish she wouldn't say that. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the deal. I said, you know, thanks for the kind words ish. (laughs) I said, Because I have to just laugh now because there's so much craziness online. But I said, look, I said, I'm not for everyone. And if I resonated for you for the last 10 years, great. And if I don't anymore, like move on. There's times in your life in regular real life situations where you are friends with people and then you're not people that you had friends with for years and they don't resonate anymore and you move on. It's called life. Like, why do we make everything so big? Why is it like, if you don't do this, you're shamed. If you don't do that, you're wrong. If you think this way, you're an asshole. Like the list just goes on and on. And it honestly boggles my mind when I sit there and I, and, and I get these DMs and I write back to people and I'm like, look, with all due respect, this is where I'm at. You don't have to agree. You don't even have to like what I'm saying, but like move on. You don't need to like leave a whole conversation of DMs of like why you're not happy with me. But like, yet it's almost like how I feel when they're like, oh, I used to love you, but like, why are you sharing this? It's like, okay, well, one, I don't, one, I don't know why you'd share that, but two, (laughs) but two, it's like, oh, so you want me to stay in this pretty box. And because I've come out of the box, you don't like it. I want you to speak to that. Yeah. So I'm actually really happy you brought this up because something that I feel my experience has 
baffled other people when I share is that my boyfriend and I been together for seven years. We will get married. He is the person I will spend my life with. We have vastly different political views. And when I tell people that they're like, how, how are you with each other? And I'm like, guys, we're both individuals. We are all individuals. We don't need to agree on every single thing to be with someone. And that, that feels like a problem that you can't date someone who doesn't align with you politically or whatever. And I, it baffles me that it baffles others. And, you know, it was especially hard for like his family to accept. My family has been very open and they don't give a shit. They're like, okay, do you <laughs> love you? Do you love him? Then cool. But like his family was more so like, how does that work? And I was like, it just does. Cause we're more than our political beliefs. We're more yeah, <laughs> than, you know, the jobs we have. You're more than a mom. You're more than a dad. You're more than all of these boxes that you fit in. You don't just fit in one box. So yeah, I think that for the people who feel that rigidity to like, I have to pick a box and I have to pick a lane and I can't hang out with people from other boxes. You're really doing a disservice to yourself. And humanity. Totally. Yeah. And others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you said that about, you know, I didn't know that about your boyfriend and it's like, yeah, it's so funny because it's like, yeah, if you have the same views, cool. If you don't, whatever. Like, and I know so many, that's the same thing too. And it's like, again, and I going back to, you know, I always go back to like society lately, but I really feel like all these systems that have been put in place, it's all been to create divide between all of us. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's really not about a party. It's really not about a this, a that. It's just been made that way to make everything be more divided and for people to be divisive and to have things to fight over. Because like I said to my husband, when you go out in the street, right, you go to the grocery store, you go to the park, whatever, at least in my experience, most times I have very pleasant conversations with whoever I'm speaking to. And I don't ever wonder, what are they? What's this? Yep. Blah, blah, blah. And it's totally fine. And, you know, and it's just, it's so interesting to me that like people actually think like you just said that out, you guys of like, oh my God, like, how does that work? And like, you just said, you're like, well, it just does because you're intentional about that. And you know, obviously from your space, especially that like, I'm more than all of these things. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter as long as him and I align on the most important things. And then we have yeah. our foundation. That's all that matters. Totally. And for us, you know, we have had I'm sure really hard conversations that maybe other couples have not had to have or chosen not to have. It's uncomfortable to talk about, especially those first couple conversations. It's like, is this going to make or break us? Like, I don't know how we'll come out of this, but I know that this is important. Um, And for us, our experience has been, we align on our beliefs at like a core level. Like how we want to raise children is the same. How we want to live our lives is the same. And maybe we have different views about like finances and how the government does things, but that doesn't mean that we can't happily live our lives together. We actually just had an hour long FaceTime earlier while he was at work on his lunch break about like what's currently going on. And for us, it's been actually a really big growth opportunity because we're able to say this is where I'm coming from and this is how I see it, I'd love to hear how you see it. And at the end of the day, we're not trying to change each other's minds. We're just saying, this has been my experience and this is how I see it. And there have been times that both of us are like, you're actually right, that makes that makes more sense to me than what I was thinking. But what's really, really important for us is that we're not trying to change each other's minds. We're really just sharing what's on our mind. And we're really able to remember that we're on the same team and, you know, it doesn't matter if we vote for separate people, me and him are still a team. 
Right. Yeah. Well, and I also love that because I think that when you were saying like the sharing and the being open and like just hearing each other out and then all of a sudden saying like, oh, maybe actually you are right on that. Like we're not seeing any of that across anything right now. It's literally like, no, you're wrong. It's this. No, you're this and you're a racist because you're this. Like it's literally just you're labeled, you're in this box. This is where I put you. I won't see anything else. And I've had these conversations with people on social media who are like, I can't believe you and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, if that's where you choose to place me and that's your view on me, then Mm -hmm. that's your view on me. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you all these different things about who I am outside of all of this. If you don't know my heart, if you don't know who I am, I can't help you. And honestly, nor do I want to because that we all have only so much energy in the day. We all have so much going on. We need, in my opinion, I know you feel the same. We need to keep up leveling people, keep moving forward consciously, keep shifting this paradigm because we are going through a massive shift and Mm -hmm. we have to keep being aware of like how that feels for each other instead of just constantly, you're wrong, you're dumb, you're this, you're that. Yeah, something, and I actually, that's something I struggle with where I struggle knowing that someone doesn't like me. I know that like on a real level, not everyone is supposed to like you. For sure. But it hurts my heart when someone's like, I don't agree with that, blah, blah, blah. And it takes a conscious effort. I remind myself daily, like others' opinions of me is not my responsibility. I am not supposed to change how you feel. If you don't like me, that's your thing. And you are entitled to that. And then it's my job to do the inner work on my end to be like, okay, you know, do I like them? Do I want to hang with you? Probably not. We probably just don't mix and that's okay. Um, I think what gets me there is that what we're talking about, there is this huge divide and there is such anger and hearing that someone could feel some type of way besides happiness and love for me. I'm like, how dare you? Like, how could you? What? Um, But yeah, I think at the end of the day, there just needs to be more open and understanding conversation just because you listen to someone who thinks differently than you it doesn't mean you need to change your mind it just means that you're open to hearing a different way of doing things and a different way of living and a different way of understanding and that's okay like what is the harm in hearing someone out I will never understand it no I completely agree with you but I think going back to like the government and going back to all these like systems and everything like they've made it that way, whether people realize it or not, they have created this divide for many, many decades. They have, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And they have created these systems to make us think that we should not have these conversations. We should just, you know what, moving on. I don't want anything to do with you. Instead of having, like you said, these real conversations and then going back with ourselves and doing that inner work. And I agree with you. It's hard. It's not easy. And I guess in a way, ignorance is bliss. So people don't want to deal with it. So they just, I don't want to deal with, I don't have the conversation. If I don't have the conversation, then I just move on. But in reality, that's why we are where we are in the world. So it's like, we need to be more conscious. We need to have more conversation. We need to be, just be more open in general and, you know, allow this to flow because I truly believe on a very conscious level, on a very much larger scale world, I believe we're really in the darkness of like a storm right now and we're Mm. coming through it. And it's like going to take time for us to get to the end to see the light because we have to go through this in order for everything to shift. People have to feel this essentially to kind of awaken to this and say, okay, something's not right. We all need to start to kind of come more together as humanity and say, at the end of the day, we're one human race. 
doesn't yeah. matter color, religion, party, blah, 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 blah. We are one human race. So that. are you going to be with humanity or are you going to be against humanity? And are you going to be, in my opinion, I always say, everyone's like, ah, I'm like, we're going to be for the government and the elites because at the end of the day, let's be real. Like whether you, what side of the aisle you're on, they're not for us. So, mm-hmm. so do you want to be for people that like, actually like we, the people, are you going to be for the other systems? And that's where I get to. And that's what I try to, you know, shake up with people no matter what side they're on. They're like, oh no, 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 I trust that. And I'm like, okay, well then we have a whole nother conversation to have. Right. I just recently read somewhere that like anyone who goes into politics or like has this drive to go into politics, like you got to be a little bit of a narcissist to want to do that. Like, cause it's all about you and you're power. the best and you got to be on my side. Like, yeah, power. But it's so true that like, you know, they're not looking out for us. Like they're looking out for them. And I, this was one of the things that Pat, my boyfriend and I were talking about earlier because I was like, I had to stop watching the news. I get it every news source is biased to their thing. And there's not one, yeah. But then it's like, ignorance is bliss. But then it's like, where's that line of like, I need to keep myself up to date and I need to stay, you know, educated on what's going on out of moral obligation. But also like, how much am I taking on? And can I take this on? And then it goes into the spiral of like, well, other people have to deal with this. So I should have to deal with it. And it, it's never ending and it's hard to know what's right and what's wrong. Well, and I love that you just said that because first off one being that vulnerable about like, you know, I have to take this on. What does this feel like? Do I want to take this on, but I want to be informed. There's so much of that. And again, is the systems like doing this to us. Like, it, like, and like you said about the bias, I turned it on ours off over a year and a half ago. I'm like, yeah, we're done with this. We know what's happening. We pay attention. You know, the, the big things get out no matter what anyways, wherever. So it's like, why do you constantly need to be fed you know, fear, lower vibrations, lower frequency constantly when that's not who we are as humans. Like, you know, I truly believe like we were built in the most like love and light and we've been completely manipulated and, you know, changed by society, whether we realize it or not. And, you know, people will say to me, oh, that's not true. I'm not changed. And I'm like, but if you're not even open to recognizing that and unlearning this and starting to relearn, then you're just in it. Like you just are completely asleep to it and you don't even see that this is what's manipulating you. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle it's on. Right. And until you can actually go within, like you said, and start to say like, oh, do I want to feel this? Oh, does this feel right? And like actually tap into your heart and say, okay, just like when you look for a therapist, like, okay, does this person feel right? Does that information that's coming to me feel right? Whether it's social media, whether it's the news, whatever it is, that should be your tell-all, not like the biased blah, 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 telling you this and telling you that there's always going to be a bias. There's always, like my husband always says, it's part of perspective of each side, whatever. But at the same time, there's a lot of manipulation all that that goes into that too. So it's like, find the things you actually trust, ask yourself like what resonates and then do your own work around that, you know? And I think that's where we're lost right now as a collective because they, people do just want to be told, going back to what you were saying in the older generations, just tell me what to do. Just tell me how to handle things. But I believe we're being called to a level up where we're being called to evolve and we're coming back to self. And this is why I feel like your work as a therapist is going to be so huge in the coming years because everyone's going to be doing the self work. Yeah. Well, I think one of the major takeaways from lockdown in this last year and a half was really like turn inward and look at, you know, what your actions, how, how have your actions impacted this both negatively and positively? How have your actions affected others? How have your behaviors and thoughts affected yourself? Um, 
yeah, but that is something that I'm finding. I'm getting a lot of new clients. I had to close my books multiple times the last yeah, girl. Months. I was like, <laughs> I, I am too much, but people are really, I don't know if they know that they're doing the work, but I think a lot of people took the time to self-reflect and they're like, oh shit. Like I, I didn't realize that that was still bothering me or like, I didn't realize I was still affected by this. So yeah, I think a lot of people are doing that work, but they might not be aware that they're doing the work. But Hey, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. And I love that. I like, you're getting so booked and you're getting, you know, so many people that are like, you know what, maybe I do need to self-reflect. And I agree with you. I think the people that really kind of used, you know, I hate to say as an opportunity, but truly like of COVID and the pandemic, everything, like I understand, obviously there's been a lot of hardship we've all been there, but at the same time, people have been able to look at that and say, what am I going to do to reflect? What am I going to do to do the inner work? I did a ton of shadow work. Like what are you going to do to level yourself up? What are you going to do to change maybe your reality, things with your family or your friend, whatever it may be? What are you going to do? Because I really do believe we're being called to do that right now in life. And I, and I agree with you. The reflection of self is only, only going to get deeper and deeper as we kind of get further into this. Yeah. You know, something, and this is like a little bit off topic, but something that I think about a lot as I start to get to the age where like, I want kids eventually, like, how do you handle raising kids in this world right now? Cause that feel, even the thought of that to me right now feels really hard. I totally get that. And I'm, I'm very blessed that, you know, my girls are pretty young. So understanding some of it they only my you know toddler only really gets bits and pieces and the baby obviously has no clue what's going on but <laughs> she's blissfully unaware she's kind of always in her own world anyways I feel like she chose that when she came during the pandemic like you were literally born in the pandemic the riots broke out next to Cedars when I was pushing you out so like oh yes literally like I <laughs> like I pushed her out we they moved me over to the postpartum room and then they come running in Brenna and they like are shutting the vents and they're running over the windows and Justin's like is everything okay and they're like oh um we're just locking the hospital down and we're just closing all the vents because smoke is coming in because there's a fire outside because I have to laugh because BLM is right here burning down Matzo you know right next to Cedars and um uh you know we're locking down the hospital just to be safe that there's nobody that like decides to storm it and it was like welcome to the world <laughs> Oh, my, I just can't imagine like pushing a human out of me and then being like, also, you might be in danger. Can I just tell you, it was, <laughs> I'm laughing now because I was like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but you know what? I, I think because I've done so much self-work like you have and continue to, I think, thank God I was in a much more conscious space when that happened, that I literally was just like, okay, this is the reality. Like, you know what? I got my V back, which I didn't know I thought was going to happen, but I didn't know what was going to happen. And it did happen in the craziest time of the world. And it was the most peaceful birth somehow in the most craziest time of the world. And I just thought, you know what? Here's my blessing in front of me. That's how she got her name because I'm half Jewish. And Arlie means promise. And I felt like promise of a sweet new world. And oh, I love that. Thank you. And I was just like, you know what? This is the reality. Like This is what we're in, you know? And it was just kind of like, it was intimidating, obviously. And I wanted to know everything was okay. And thank God it was, but it was just like, wow. Okay. This would be something to tell your daughter one day. Oh, this is when you were born. But, you know, going back to your question, I just think for me in the, I take a lot of conscious parenting workshops. I really try to learn as much as possible. And I think for me, what you're talking about with honoring your feelings, I think this is again, like where we really have struggled as humanity at the, at the basic of things, forget everything else, the foundation at the core, just 
the feelings and allowing people to have emotions and allowing people to have real authentic truths, whether they agree with the society or not. And I think that's where we've been lost. And so with my daughter, Amelia, I'm just very honest with her. And I just say, you know what? That's how this person feels. We don't feel that way, but that's okay. You know, we, everyone yells at me, we don't wear masks. We're in Tennessee. They don't do masks. Some people do, most don't. I had COVID back in May, you know, thank God I was fine. I also followed my own protocols of, you know, very therapeutic things. And I did what I need to do to stay out of fear. And I was fine. My girls are fine, but I understand it's different for everyone. I know everyone screams at me for that. But the reason I say that is because at the end of the day, you know, it's, you handle things, how you personally handle things. And you, and you, obviously I was home. I didn't go anywhere. I wasn't reckless, but I handled it how I felt to handle it. Now, is that how someone else may handle it? Maybe not. You know, I breastfed my daughter while I had it. Other people said to me I was crazy for that. You know, you have to make your own decisions and decide what works for you and, and what you believe is right for you. And again, for me, that what resonated in my heart, that was what was right. And it ended up being right for my family. And, you know, I think that we, again, judge too much, we shame too much, and we don't just at least be open to listening. And so if there's anything I'm teaching Amelia, it's just to be open and to ask questions and to learn and to just come from love. She is such a little ball of love and, and both of them are, but she really, really is. And I just tell her, I'm like, just always be the light, always be of love. And I truly believe love always trumps all, no matter what, no matter what, it doesn't matter what anybody tells you, it does. Light always trumps dark, it's just how it goes. So if you just continue to be the light, even in the heaviest times and you teach your children that, they're going to understand that even in the heaviest times, they need to continue to be that and show up that way. Instead of feeling like they have to be in a box, instead of feeling like they have to do what society says is status quo, whether you agree with it or not, and just be who they are. And that's what I tell her every day. I just want you to be you and honor you. So even the silliest things like, what do you want for lunch? I'm like, what are you feeling today? What, what does your tummy say it wants? You know, what does your heart tell you that you want it? And some people will be like, oh my gosh, there's so much. And I'm like, yes, there's a lot more to conscious parenting. There's a lot more questions. There's a lot more time spent on it. But in my opinion, when you choose to be a parent, that is the most important job in the world. And you are literally raising humans for humanity, not just your children. And so it's like, you really have to be conscious of like what you're doing with them, what you're teaching them, what they're understanding. So for me, it's not about telling her what's right and wrong. Obviously she, I teach her things that have to be, but overall it's what's right and wrong to you. What feels right and wrong to you? What, what do you understand that your heart says? And she gets it, you know, at three years old, she really does. You know, it's like she had a friend over the other day and they were playing and you know, they had a little disagreement at three years old. And I said to her, I'm like, does that make your heart feel sad? And she's like, yeah, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. I'm like, okay, well, if it made your heart feel sad, then how do you correct it? You know, and it's just simple things like that, that I personally think is going to shift the way things mm -hmm. go. I love hearing that you know what conscious parenting is and that you're utilizing it in your home because I think it is such a game changer. You know, I work with a couple of teens and conscious parenting is, is kind of like a new, newer sure. thing. Mm -hmm. um, but with a lot of teens and even adults that I work with, they don't even know how to identify what they're feeling. Like therapists use this thing, like an emotion wheel. And like, I'll ask my clients at the end of each session, like, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? And so many times I have to whip out that wheel and just give it to them and say like, okay, let's narrow it down. Like, are you frustrated? Because the root of that is typically anger, like, or sadness. Like, are you excited? You're happy. Like people don't know how they're feeling. And I think one of the biggest takeaways of conscious parenting is that these kids are really being raised so connected with their self and they yes. know how they feel. 
Exactly. And I love that you said that because it's true. I think, you know, obviously our parents did the best job in the world with what they were given, right? Their parents did the best at what they were given, but we're now finally given as an opportunity as a collective to have these tools, to have these awareness of our feelings, to actually start to acknowledge ourselves again, to do the self-work, to do the inner work. Why wouldn't you start to then put that into your children and give them the tools? If I think about my childhood, and I had a beautiful childhood, but if I think about my hardships, my struggles, insecurity, high school, how much I hate high school, the list goes on, school, how much I hate school, all these things, because I didn't have that self-connection. I didn't have the tools. Why wouldn't you give your children a toolbox to be able to access so as they grow and evolve further, they're able to continue to come back to themselves, not look outside, look within. And that's what I teach Amelia and I plan on teaching Arlie day in and day out is to look inside and not look to the outside. Always ask yourself how it feels, what resonates, what's right, because chances are that is what's right. I love that. It sounds like you're really setting them up with like the best tools to be able to self-soothe and to cope. And that will be such a game changer for them, the people in their lives. And yeah, thanks for doing the work you do because you're right. Conscious parenting is really hard. It's really, really time consuming. It's so much easier to throw an iPad in front of your kid. It's so much easier to say, stop crying, you know, suck it up. You'll be fine. Don't cry. That's right. Uh, it, it's easy. It's easier, it's quicker, it's less stressful, but kids who have had parents that are more conscious typically end up, you know, better with coping skills, better able to handle big emotions. And yeah, so I cannot recommend it enough. I love conscious parenting. Oh, thank you for that. And that means a lot to me. And, you know, look, I'm constantly also reparenting myself constantly, like Mm. realizing that things that I were taught to me, like, not that they're wrong. They're just, it just doesn't align with what I'm doing with my girls. And so it's like, how do I shift that? And I catch myself all the time. Like today, I was having a tantrum for no reason. I'm like, Amelia, I'm like, seriously. And then I like pulled myself and I'm like, Allie. And then I was like, Amelia, I'm like, can you communicate to me why you're crying? And she's mm-hmm. like, why well, frustrated? I'm like, okay, well, can you explain why you're frustrated? And like, we had it out a little bit, but then she was able to communicate like what was wrong, what was happening with the toy. And it, you know, it was a silly thing, but I could have jumped and I, you know, and I have moments where I do, but I always also remember like I have to repair and come back to what I'm doing. And I think that the more she sees that too, the more than she starts, like you said, to cope, like we do meditation and breath work to like help her when she has little tantrums and yeah, some meltdowns, like it's like, it's over, but there's many times where she does sit there and breathe, or she will say, I need to go in my room and just, you know, sit and, and think and breathe. And, you know, I'm like, okay. And um, do you want me to come with you? No, I'm good. Or yes, come with me. And, you know, and she'll just sit on me and hug me and breathe. And I'm like, okay, are you going from, you know, you know, red? So I was saying like, you know, when she has some meltdowns, she'll go, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, are you at red? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just try to get to yellow. Okay. Now are you at green? You know, and just even simple, small things like that, even if they don't work every time, the times that they do, like, it's a big win. Like I even my husband even says, he's like, wow, look how fast she calmed herself down. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. because she's learning how to cope. She's learning. Sometimes I'm like, take your pillow, scream into your pillow. I showed you the day how to do that. Like, you know, just teaching them. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to express. It's actually healthy as fuck to do. And this is what I love about you, what you share on, you know, your social and everything and your podcast is like, it's great to feel. Why have we been taught for so long to numb everything? Let's mm-hmm. just feel, let's just feel. So that's my biggest message with my kids is like, just feel like, even with Arlie, as much as she's a baby and my husband gets like, you know, pressure because she's got a set of lungs on her, that girl. And, <laughs> and he'll be like, oh my God. And I'm like, look, I, just let her have it. She's just going through something and she'll be fine. And a minute later, she'll calm down. And I'm like, 
we just have to let them feel. And we have to remember our own adult emotions are like, if we're being triggered, the question is one, why? And two, it's like, step away. You need earplugs. You need, sometimes a minute will break down and I'll stand outside the door and I can see her safely, but I'll take a moment and stand outside the door because I can't handle Mm -hmm. the consistent screaming at me. And I'm like, I need to just, I don't want to scream at you. I don't want to trigger myself. I'm going to just step away and see that you're safe. And I can come back to neutral and I can get myself from red to green and I can be like, okay, here's how we move forward. You know, and I think that's really what honestly, in my opinion, needs to be done to move forward, you know, in the world when it comes to kids. I love that. So I know, I I know you have to go and and have your um, session and everything, but this was amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And of course, tell us where we can find you, follow you, pimp yourself out. Is there anything else you want to leave us with as far as like, you know, inner work, shadow work, like anything that you, you know, would just want to really hit home for those that are listening? Yeah. So plug yourself and tell us any last things you want to share with us. Yeah. So I think the words inner, inner self, inner child, shadow work those can feel really scary and like really intimidating. I think a great way to start the journey of self-exploration, like I said before, journal, you know, talk to family members, talk to people you grew up with, you know, reconnect with yourself, ask questions about how you were as a kid. You know, a lot of times- I love that. Yeah, a lot of times how you were as a kid and the actions and behaviors that you had then, you still have now. So, you know, you never unlearn them. You never learned to progress past them. So I think that that can be so beneficial. Um, Where you can find me, I am on Instagram at real.fckn.talk. My website is rftpodcast.com. And you guys have to check out my episode with Allie soon. So I'm excited, excited for our swap. I, I absolutely adore you. I love your light. I love everything you're doing. I really believe you are at the forefront of this. I know you're going to make massive waves as this continues to happen and more and more do the work. So thank you so much, Brenna, for being here. And guys, there were so many gems this episode. Was anything you got out of this? It's really look within yourself, do the work, show up for yourself. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to, to honestly your family, your friends, but really most importantly to yourself to be happy, to be genuinely content you owe it to yourself. So thank you so much, Brenna. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.